Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Make Light Show. So, coronavirus. I don't know about you, but my hands are a mess. Why? Because I have been washing them about 25 times a day, and I wish I was exaggerating. They are scaly, and my hands are old looking, but you know what? They're clean. On top of that, I've also cornered the market on Clorox wipes. I have enough toilet paper to last me and my family through 2021, and I have antiviral spray that I've been obsessively spraying all the doorknobs in our house. Oh, and and my daughter has been traveling on a school trip this past week. So I have been also obsessively refreshing coronavirus spread maps to see if the number of people infected in the city where she is has been going up. Like every hour I check these maps because if the number goes up, then I will do what exactly? Like, what is it I think I can do? My point is, is I've been as obsessive as anyone about the spread of this virus. And let's face it, we cannot go on living like this. So I have compiled a list of things that I'm trying to do to help manage my own anxiety around this. And I figure that this list might help you too. So stick with me, friends. It's all next on today's episode. Welcome to the Make Light Show, the podcast that's all about infusing your life and work with meaning and using your superpowers to change the world. I'm Karen Walrent, leadership coach and author of the best-selling book, The Beauty of Different, Observations of a Confident Misfit. Join me as we explore ways to curate an intentional life and positively impact those around you in the process. Work your purpose, change your world, make light. Okay, before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know again about this brand spanking new service I'm offering, and I'm really excited about it. Um, As you know, I'm a leadership coach, which means that I help people around the world navigate difficult situations at work or become comfortable in new leadership positions or launch new businesses or just infuse their work with meaning and purpose. And normally I work one-on-one with these people. And of course, if you'd like to check out how to hire me as your own coach, don't forget, you can always visit karenwalrand.com forward slash coach for more information. But I've also recently launched the Star Collective. The Star Collective, a group coaching, masterminding, and networking experience for people who are really big on figuring out how they can use their superpowers to live meaningful lives. So this is going to be a very small group. It starts on May 1st, and I'm only allowing a maximum of about 10 people who are willing to commit seven months to learn and work together as we workshop our goals. And One thing that I'm also doing is I'm actually going to be including two one-on-one coaching sessions for each member so that we can work specifically on their goals together. Applications are open now, so please go take a look at thestarcollective.com and you'll see the links to apply. I'll leave the link in the show notes. Go check it out. I'd love to work with you and I can't wait to meet you. Okay, so let's get back to this week's episode. As I've mentioned, I've been a little susceptible to some crazy anti-anxiety, full-on, crazy-driven behavior. Um, 
And I'm really trying to be mindful of it when I start to get into this sort of crazy mindset. Um, so the balance that I'm really finding that I have to walk is how to stay up to date with the information that's out there on this virus and do things to make sure that I and my family are prepared for the virus, but also that I'm not making myself crazy. So here are my ways to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. And hopefully this helps you. So first of all, and let's just get this out of the way first. First of all, obviously you need to prepare and preparation includes sort of knowing what's going on out in the world. So get the news, but I would love to strongly advise you to limit your news sources and make sure that your news sources are reputable ones. Now, remember, news sources, a lot of the news, um, the news media, uh, they are not as designed to just simply convey the facts as you might have originally or assumed that they were. They are in a lot of ways, many of them are designed to propel you into shock and awe so that you gasp and click to read more or click to the next um, the next article or stay glued to the television. Right. So be sure that where you're getting your news is trusted. And two sources that are really, really um, trustworthy, obviously, is the World Health Organization is a great place to find out exactly what the status is on the virus. And also in the United States, the Center for Disease Control. But wherever you are, um, checking out your city or state or province or your area's uh, health department website, those are all really good places to figure out exactly what's going on in your area. Um so those are the best sources of information, and I would recommend checking them, you know, maybe once, maybe no more than twice a day, as opposed to every hour on the hour, like I've been doing, I admit it. But try to limit that, because just going back and, and constantly refreshing your information on that, that's going to help increase your anxiety around this. Okay, so... That's where you get your news. The um, other things, obviously, there are tons of things you need to do or that you should do to prepare. I've added a checklist to the show notes that will um, give you idea of what you might want to have um, on hand in your home should you be required to self-quarantine or self-isolate. Um, so I've got those notes. But um, I would be sorely remiss if I didn't also mention that you have got to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. And often I you know what? It turns out I'm now that I'm washing my hands constantly. I'm kind of like, how was I going through life not washing my hands as often as I do? Um, and also I'm surprised at how I actually didn't know how to wash my hands. So I know that sounds really crazy, but uh, you have to wash your hands for at least 20 seconds to have any sort of um, effect on your hands. And so lather up for 20 seconds. And um, you could, of course, count one Mississippi to Mississippi to get to your 20 seconds. They also say that singing the happy birthday song twice or the alphabet song once is about 20 seconds. So just lather up and scrub up everywhere um, and uh, make sure that you're you're just really being really mindful of all the nooks and crannies of your hands. I've actually got this really lovely um, animated video that shows you how to wash your hands that I'll also include in the show notes. So make sure you're doing that frequently. Um, a doctor friend of mine recommended that um, 
it's smart not just to wash your hands, you know, after you go to the bathroom but and or before meal prep. But he suggested this, which I thought was a really good idea, is every time you come home, just go ahead and wash your hands, like sort of cultivate that habit that you come home, dump your stuff, wash your hands. Um, so I've started doing that. Uh, and the other thing that I've been doing is I've actually kept some hand sanitizer in my car. So that if I'm out and about and I get back in my car to drive home, I just go ahead and squirt some hand sanitizer on my hands before I grab the steering wheel. So, again, these are just habits. um, And a lot of this will probably be habits that I'll continue even after there's no more virus. Like, I think it's just smart to do that, you know, so that you can minimize the common cold and the flu and that kind of thing. Um, The CDC also recommends to stop touching our faces, which I am now realizing that apparently I go through life with my hands all over my face all day, all the time. So that's really hard to do. Um, but one of the things that you might want to do also is not forget to wipe down your cell phone um, with some disinfecting wipes every once in a while, because obviously your cell phone is on your face all the time. Okay. Enough of that. There, everything is in the show notes. You can go check this out in the show notes. Go check that out. That's it for the practical precautions. So now let's talk about the anxiety. Okay, so when you start to feel your anxiety beginning to rise, arise, like one of the things that I have done, and I've been doing this for a while now, um, is to give myself a self-compassion break. And I've talked about self-compassion breaks before. I'll share the link to the previous Make Light episode where I talked about it. But in essence, a self-compassion is about treating yourself with the same compassion that you would a good friend. So imagine your good friend has come to you and said, oh my gosh, I am so freaked out about coronavirus. I'm really, really scared. And they start to share with you their anxiety. Some of the things you might say are, gosh, you know, I totally get it. This is really scary stuff. I can understand why you would feel that way. Just, you know, be gentle with yourself, like take a breath. You're going to be fine. You know that ultimately we're going to be fine. So just take a breath and and don't panic. So those are the kinds of things that you would say to a friend. So a self-compassion break is doing that for yourself. So when you feel the anxiety beginning to arise, you slow your breath, take deep breaths and inhale in and out. And as you think about this anxiety that's rising, you acknowledge to yourself, oh my gosh, this is, this is really hard. And then remind yourself It's totally normal to feel this way. Of course, I'm scared. Everybody's scared. There's anxiety all around us, and it's totally normal and human to feel some anxiety around this. And then after you acknowledge that, you remind yourself or you ask God or you ask the universe or just a reminder to yourself, whichever works for you, you just remember, may I go gentle? May I be gentle with myself as I go forward? So this self-compassion break is something that the amazing professor, uh, Dr. Kristen Neff, who's a professor at the University of Texas and is uh, the expert on self-compassion. This is something that she has devised, and it really does work to kind of help calm yourself and get your head back to a more even keel in making decisions for yourself. And I've got a guided meditation where she helps you do this that I'm linking to in in the show notes as well, but it's a really wonderful way to kind of lower your anxiety in the moment. So self-compassion breaks, I do them all the time. They're really, really helpful. Okay. So now that you've taken that self-compassion break and calmed down, what are some of the other things that you can do 
to kind of, you know, sort of keep a practice of staying calm through all of this as you can. Um, one of the things I would recommend is cultivate a calming hobby um, or even return to a hobby that maybe you haven't been doing that much of before um, that uh, you can now have some, you can create the time and space to do again. So this is something that is a practice. It's something bigger than Netflix, for example, although I uh, love a good Netflix binge, I'm not going to lie. Um, and it's certainly something other than scrolling through social media because well, social media is obviously fraught with scary stories and you don't want to succumb to that. So um, I'm talking about uh, stuff that you can do, preferably offline, and something that you can do that you know already brings you calm. So, you know, in a previous episode, I shared my sketch habit. I had started sketching every day and I'm not somebody who is a sketch artist, or at least I hadn't been. But I'm finding that sketching in a sketch journal every single day is really calming for me. You know, I usually work with a lot of detail, as much detail as I can in my sketches. It takes about an hour to do one, and it's been a really wonderful way to center myself. Um, so that's something you can do. Or journaling. You know I'm a huge journaler, so maybe just sort of exercising your emotions um, in the pages of your journal, maybe adding a note of gratitude for something you're grateful for that happened to you during the day. That's another way to kind of keep you really, really calm. Um, or, you know, there's also reading. How about like reading uh, that stack of books that you've had that has just been waiting for you um, during the, you know, every day, that stack that you have on your your nightstand. Start reading again. Um, the There's a, maybe those cookbooks. If you're like me, I have a stack of cookbooks that I've bought because they look interesting, but I've never actually <laughs> used them. And I'm not that keen to visit crowded restaurants these days. So on my next grocery run, maybe on your next grocery run, like maybe get the ingredients for one of those cookbooks and cook for yourself. Um, how about an instrument? Do you have, like I have a guitar that's just sitting there collecting dust or some other instrument? Um, maybe now's the time to dust that off and start Kind of teaching yourself that instrument again. YouTube has got some great lessons on how to play various instruments. So maybe that's what you do. Or or speaking of YouTube, maybe a 30-day yoga practice, something that you can sort of do just to kind of center. Remember, these are just sort of centering practices that you can do to um, take care of yourself. Okay. The other thing and the final thing I want to talk about is, is staying connected. Um, so this is something I want to mention because if you read anything on how to lower stress, one of the big things that they always talk about is to make sure you're cultivating really strong connections with family and friends. And there's obviously something to that. There's a lot of data that says that that's really good. But I've found it very interesting that that is something that can reduce stress. And how do you do that in a time when there's a health crisis that is telling you that isolating yourself and staying away from people is the best way to stop the spread of the virus. Like that's a really hard thing to do. So I wanted to really kind of talk about that because I think there are certainly ways that you can still do it. Um, the first thing I want to do is occasionally, I mean, obviously if you're still like uh, meeting people and greeting people and you're going out. Um, I, for example, just met with a client the other day in person. Um, you know, you don't want to necessarily shake hands, right? Because hands and, and touch is the way that this virus is being spread. But um, so I met this friend, this um, this long client um, who's become a friend um, actually this week for lunch. And I really didn't want to shake hands. 
Um, so as I walked in, I actually offered her an elbow so we could bump elbows in greeting. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, we're not supposed to touch. Let me let's bump elbows. And of course, she laughed and she offered me her elbow and we bumped help elbows in greeting. But I have to say one of the things that I that I, um, you know, it could have been my imagining, but I really felt like she was sort of uh, relieved that she didn't have to pull away from me because I was trying to hug her. Like, like the fact that I'd offered her my elbow kind of gave her permission to take care of herself as well. So I don't, don't feel um, afraid to say, you know, let's bump elbows. Or um, if you wanted to say, you know, I'm just, I don't want to give you anything that I've got. So I'm not shaking hands. Um, I read something recently that suggested that we all start greeting each other with jazz hands. Um, You know, I'm kind of into that. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of cool to to greet everybody like that. Uh, pr- probably won't catch on nearly as well. But, you know, just um, I, I think be really upfront with the fact that you want to minimize touch. I think everybody is feeling a little anxiety around this and giving um, by just naming it, you give other people a permission to sort of like take care of themselves as well. Right. So. Um, so that's one thing now. The other thing that I'd love to remind you about is that we live in marvelous times when things like Skype and Zoom and Google Hangouts and all of these other video conferencing um, tools are available and free. So um, not only, if possible, you can use those for business meetings, but I say use them for your personal um, connections as well. Just because you feel uncomfortable meeting friends out for a glass of wine in a crowded bar doesn't mean you have to cancel that. It just means you might have to cancel the crowded bar. So why not say, hey, let's have happy hour. What we'll do is we'll Google Hangout. Everybody else grab their glass of wine in their own homes and we'll just hang out online. Um, I've definitely done that with friends of mine. I've tend to do. I haven't done them with any local friends as of yet, but I've definitely done them with friends of mine who live far away um, and will continue to and maybe even do that a little more to keep strengthening those con- connections. Um, one of my very closest friends lives in Sweden and we often um, will have tea together. Like we'll like for, for the last few months, every month or so, we schedule a time to have a cup of tea together. And he's in Stockholm and I'm in Houston and we connect and catch up on each other's lives, each of us with a cup of tea. So there's no reason not to do that. Self-isolation doesn't have to be isolating. This is a scary time. And the the truth is we need each other in scary times. So Find ways to connect with your friends and be mindful of doing it as often often as you can so you don't feel isolated. So that's it. That's my advice to manage some anxiety around coronavirus. I hope it's helped. I hope it helps you feel a little bit calmer. If you have suggestions for me, I would love to read them. So don't be afraid of leaving comments um, over at the show notes. And also, of course, I have tons of resources that I'm leaving over at the show notes as well during these crazy times, right? Let's let's see what we can do to like sort of curate all of these resources to help us take a deep breath together. Now with that, that's it for this episode of the Make Light Show. Don't forget, visit thestarcollective.com check out my new group coaching practice and how to apply i'd love for you to be a part of it and i promise you i'm designing something that is going to be wonderful that will create some of that connection and i'd really love for you to be a part of it and of course as always if you're looking for other ways to infuse your life with purpose but you're finding yourself a bit stuck well you're always free to send me an email with any questions or challenges you'd like me to tackle 
to Karen at themakelightshow.com. And you just might hear an answer to your question on an upcoming episode. I'm Karen Walrent, and I'll be back next week with all new tips and tricks to make light. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Rate it high or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And with that, keep, 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 keep on making light.